Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach. Uh, he is Jack Gentry in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We go live every weekday morning at eight central time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Also catch us on Instagram and on TikTok. We're Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network. Uh, so let's thank our sponsors before we get going officially because they make everything happen for our show and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. Got my workout in yesterday before that Titans game. Also, Wilson County Hyundai, head out to Lebanon. WilsonCountyHyundai.com to see what vehicles they have to offer for your new ride. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So Jack uh, from the Tighten Up Pod is in for Zach. I'm also playing slightly under the weather. Uh, So uh, bear with me as it's week three. I told Jack before we went live, it's week three in the season and I've already got run down cold, right? It's like, I'm not like sick, sick. It's just, I've pushed my body to the limit already and it's just week three. It's not even October. So that's, that's how things are going on in my life. But Jack, the Titans are two and one, uh, your initial thoughts, uh, about the Titans win over the Colts. You kind of touched on a little bit, but your initial thoughts on that Titans win yesterday. Well, first and foremost, it was great to see these role players that haven't really been involved thus far and really in their careers. Um, in an offense or a defensive game plan like we saw Ola Daney um, step up in in really huge moments for this team. I mean, Chester Rogers had a big touchdown early. Nick Westbrook-Akine, like I mentioned, he caught a big touchdown, drew a big pass interference, really stepped up. Without Josh Reynolds, without A.J. Brown, and without Julio Jones now, Nick Westbrook-Akine is really the only receiver that's ready to go because Racy McMath, you know, he's 6'3", he's a big guy, and they made a point of bringing in all of these these tall, physical wide receivers in the offseason. Well, without Julio, AJ, and Josh Reynolds, those are three targets over six foot. You you now only have NWI and Racy McMath available. Trevor Rogers is six foot flat. He really works out of the slot. Um, and, and so, you know, whether that's a thing moving forward or not, whether AJ Brown's hamstring will be, you know, all right for maybe it's New York, maybe it's Jacksonville, maybe it's not either. Um, and Julio Jones' knee. That's a big question mark, and load managing is a is a big topic today. It's I do appreciate, and we're going to get into this. I do appreciate Mike Vrabel being honest. You know, we're going to manage these guys. There's, there's yeah. some guys who are coming in a little banged up. Bud Dupree was on the sideline for an emergency um, only situation, and he wasn't used. Ola had to step up big, but now we're seeing the uh, the edge rusher position get really thin. So those are two position groups that are extremely th- thin. Only three weeks into the season. It's it's reason enough to be worried. Yeah, and and you look at uh, who the Titans might be getting back sometime soon because Marcus Johnson was honestly a really big storyline in training camp. And remember, he went after the initial 53-man roster was announced, Marcus Johnson goes on IR. So he could come back on this week. Darrington Evans could come back this week. Sam Thicken, several other guys could be coming back to the roster this week. Although I don't know what Sam Thicken's future looks like because uh, Fat Randy's uh, or or yeah. somebody else, somebody called in to Buck Show on the Zone and said Roundy Bullock, and I thought that was the best thing I've ever heard. Uh, for instead of Fat Randy, it's Roundy Bullock. But anyway, that's beside the point. But I think you're seeing 
the Titans defense played their best game of the year, albeit against a Carson Wentz version who could not move. Carson Wentz, I don't know how uh, he uh, was out there playing. And, and like Carson Wentz, like Jack, you play pickup basketball. Like, you know, like we're, we're like grown men who are not playing a sport for like actual competitive reasons. We're playing for exercise. Like mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was running around like I was uh, run, trying to run around in the sixth straight game of pickup basketball where I can, like everything's locking up. My ankles are tired. I can't do it anymore. That's what Carson Wentz looked like out, out there as the Titans were chasing him down from all over the place. And I do think that Frank Wright called a really good game. And I think Carson Wentz played decently well for a guy with no ankles. And so the Titans got a huge win. And like you said, uh, you'd rather win ugly than lose pretty and no win over the Colts can be taken for granted because of what you did. You buried the Colts in an 0 and three hole. And now Carson Wentz still hurt, probably more hurt than he was last week. Now they have the dolphins and then they have the Ravens and the Colts could be Ooh. in serious trouble, serious trouble uh, of their playoff. I mean, they're basically done. Like, there's only been six teams in the NFL history who have made the playoffs after an 0-3 start, and I don't see uh, I don't see the Colts being the seventh uh, to come out of this. But that's a it's a big deal. Uh, we didn't ask big deal, small deal, no deal because it's a big deal. Everybody agrees, big deal to have the Colts down in an 0-3 hole. Yeah, and even in a 17 game season, right? right. 0-3 is a terrible start, and to make matters worse, the Titans are now have a two game road trip with the two worst teams in football. By by far and away the two worst teams in football. So that you know, the, if the Titans handle their business on the road, they could they could bury the Colts within the first quarter of the season. I, that's the reality of the situation. So you know, Mike Vrabel and these guys who are banged up, and he's he's load managing guys. We've seen teams in the past. Now it's it's been in the NBA and not in the NFL. Really have success load managing superstars like Julio Jones, like maybe AJ Brown, like potentially Bud Dupree, and and winning a national uh, winning a a league title. Yes. So- Let's go ahead and jump into that Julio load management because I, I do find this interesting because Mike Vrabel's comments about Julio Jones and what he did yesterday taught us two things, in my opinion, about this Titans team. So let's go ahead and play. This is Mike Vrabel's comment about Julio Jones and why he did not finish the game in the fourth quarter yesterday against the Colts. I said, what happened down the stretch to be without Julio Jones? Yeah, I, mean, I just think that as this thing you know played out, just trying to manage you know where he's at and – you know, understand that what the type of game that we thought the the end of the game was going to be. Um, you know, and those guys were going in there and trying to, you know, dig safeties out. So we'll keep looking at those guys. And you know, there's a lot of guys that are, um, you know, going to need some 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 rest this week. You know, a lot of guys. You know, they played hard, they physical game, and uh, hopefully we can we can be ready to go when we head up to New York. So Mike Vrabel said that it was going to be a dirty physical game down the stretch. And he understood uh, that you know, I find it interesting, Jack, because the first thing that that tells me about what Mike Vrabel just said is that he knew they were going to beat the Colts. <laughs> like, he had no issue that knowing and trusting that the team that he had out there without AJ and without Julio was going to beat the Colts. I, it's it's that I think it's I don't know how you feel about that, but saying because let's think about this. And Jack and I kind of walked through the situation of when we last saw Julio, and some of you guys said no audio. Blame the Titans on that because it was only a one channel audio, so you probably only heard it through your right earphone. Uh, if if that was the situation, but Mike Vrabel said because of how that game was going, uh, 
that they didn't want to, they wanted to manage Julio because they're going to have to go down there and dig out safeties and block and block hard because they were going to run that football with Derrick Henry and win that game. So I find it interesting, Jack, that he was so confident in the Titans' ability to beat that Colts team that he just said, okay, Julio, the score is 14 to 13. 14 to 13 in the in the fourth quarter. And Julio, you can sit here. We don't need you the rest of the way because we got this under control. That that fascinates me because that's what I heard from it. Yeah, it, it did sound a little bit like that. And, you know, the Titans were in control of the game for the majority of the game, even though the score was a little bit tighter. Uh, things got really mucky when they turned the ball over three times on four possessions. Um, so without those, those those mistakes and, you know, a couple fumbles from from the replacements, as I'm calling this, this receiving core now that Julio Jones and A.J. Brown aren't in there. Um, but yeah, it's it, you can't really ever, no matter if the Colts are good or bad, or if you know Jacoby Brissett's the starter, or Carson Wentz is the starter, Philip Rivers is the starter, Andrew Luck, you can't overlook them, um, and you really have to you know take them at face value. These, this is a team that has a ton of success against you in the last really two decades. Um, but you know, like like you alluded to, Wentz was a, a sitting duck all day. You know, the right. Titans, all the Titans had to do was. You know, keep Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines in check, which they struggled to do with Hines. Um, and you should be fine because Wentz isn't going to really be able to move around and beat you um, in, you know, improvising something that he has done well in the past. But looking, looking just as a whole from this game, and, and when you talk about Julio Jones, without him, he, he, I, I'm wondering when that knee got hurt because you, you remember. Is it a knee? It, is that what it that, is? That's what the speculation was. They said he had tape on his knee on the broadcast. Not sure if it's the knee, but either way, he could have possibly gotten hurt on that play where Tannehill threw the interception and Julio had to race back and make a tackle. Yeah, I mean, um, Julio Jones ran a mile to go tackle Kenny Moore, who intercepted that pass. It was very impressive. Like I, We were watching a broadcast at the mainstay, and I was like, there's Julio, and he just zoom, There he goes and just comes out of nowhere yeah. and gets that tackle. Yeah, it, it was a, a watered-down version of what DK Metcalf did uh, yeah, last season. Yeah. But either way, that's that's a play where you're going you're going full speed and you know you're hitting somebody and it's Julio Jones who's already kind of you know had some injury issues in the past. But I to to, to believe that they had that game wrapped up when it was just fourteen to thirteen and the Titans had had turnover issues all day. I don't I don't know that I'm buying that. I think I mean, even well, in Vrabel's mind there was a there was a but that's a, but a do you disagree that that's what it sounds like Vrabel saying? No, it, it 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 feels that way, but I don't know if that's how Mike Vrabel's trying to, to to make it come across. Well, because like, but that's what he was talking about—that he knew that in those in that game down the stretch, they were going to have to run the football, score points, and get the clock over with. And he didn't want Julio Jones going down there and having to block and dig out safeties and potentially get rolled up on. That's, that's fine. Right, but like, but that tells me that he was so confident in the ability to win that game because that's a huge game. Mike Vrabel said it himself in his six and a half minute press conference where he slammed the door on the way out. We'll talk about that later on the show. But he talked about how important that game is as a divisional opponent. But again, like you would think that if the game's on the line, which it was, fourteen to thirteen was was but when when Julio Jones took his last snap. The Titans go down there and score a touchdown with Jeremy McNichols. Then they go down and take another drive with no Julio. Two drives to end that game without Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And they got 10 points out of it. I mean, that's a good thing for your team. But that tells me that Mike Vrabel thought, we can take care of this without Julio Jones today against this Colts team. So I've got one other thing 
that uh, that I that this tells me about this Titans team and how they're approaching this season. We'll get to that, and we'll also read some of your comments because several of your comments are are, are piquing my interest into what's going on. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout at Mandu equals five or more hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. Go check it out, Mandu.com. I did a workout yesterday. I can walk into Mandu at 9.30 for a workout, get my 15-minute workout in, come home, shower, breakfast, get the mainstay, and I'm good for the rest of the day. They release those endorphins, full-body electronic muscle uh, – Full body electronic muscle stimulation does a fantastic job of making sure you build real strong functional muscle, targets that hard to burn body fat without putting any stress on your joints or on your body. Again, mandu.com, your first workout is free. And if you tell them A to Z sent you, they'll take $100 off your first month when you sign up. That's at mandu.com. Fellas, find you somebody who loves you as much as Austin Stanley loves his mandu. I'm here to talk about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Uh, download the BetMGM app today. It's a great app. The variety is unmatched, and it's a really safe and secure site to, to wager money on. And you can use promo code A to Z200, A-T-O-Z 200 with your first deposit. You place a $10 wager on tonight's game. You win $200 automatically in free bets when either team scores a touchdown. Now, I know it's the NFC lease tonight, but it's a safe bet that Dak Prescott and that Cowboys offense We'll find a way to score a touchdown or, you know, find a way to throw a pick six or maybe there's, there's going to be points. I mean, you can take your $10 wager when you use ATOZ 200, take your $10 wager on the over, and then you're going to get 200 bucks right there whenever either team scores a touchdown because there's going to be points tonight. You know that, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, look, hey, Jalen Hurts, that's, a, that's an Eagles team that is really a tough team to gauge. But, I, you know, it's safe to say that there's going to be at least one touchdown score. And that's all you need with promo code A to Z 200. That's right. Here live on this Monday, Jack Gentry is in for Zach Bingham, who is traveling to Dallas for that game tonight, the home opener uh, for the Cowboys with our A to Z Sports Dallas crew getting things set up with the first home game. So Cody uh, is – I'm with Cody. Cody says, where are people getting that Julio doesn't block? Yes. He's a good blocker. I, right. Julio Jones is a really good blocker. He's also chasing down defensive backs with, after interceptions and making tackles. So Julio Jones is a team player. So whatever Julio – uh, it, it, whatever whoever is saying that Julio Jones doesn't want to block or isn't a good blocker, I think you're misguided. Where I think that Mike Vrabel did not want Julio Jones to have to go down there and block safeties around the line of scrimmage or in the box and threaten getting rolled up on in a game where he felt confident the Titans were going to win that game against the Colts regardless. Uh, Rob says, is Julio Jones gone next year? I doubt it. They would That would be a lot of... A lot of money and draft capital to give up just to have one guy for one year. I doubt it that he's that he's uh, uh, gone next year. But, Jack, yeah. the second thing that I thought about the, with the Titans, with Mike Vrabel's comment about Julio, is that it is a game in September. It is just week three. And they don't want Julio Jones to be hobbling around like Carson Wentz because they want Julio Jones and Bud Dupree who was dressed out but only there for emergency purposes, they want these guys uh, to be ready to go in November, December, and January. More importantly, most importantly, January. Because the Titans up in the division, I think, have a very clear path to hosting a wildcard playoff game. And the way the rest of the AFC is going along, and I'm sure we're going to talk about the AFC later on, 
uh, this week with the Chiefs having two losses. Everybody else has a loss minus the Broncos and the Raiders, and I don't think everybody's super confident in those teams. But I think number one seed's up for ground, up for grabs, especially with the one and two Chiefs, and you play them and the Bills in three and four weeks away. So I think this is a long-term view. So the two things I learned and took away from Mike Vrabel, load managing, Julio load managing, Julio Jones, is that one, he was confident the Titans beating the Colts yesterday. And two, he's got to make sure that his superstars are ready to go in January. Yeah, without question. You got to have those guys. Julio Jones on the field in week three, um, kind of pushing it if he's not feeling feeling well is not is not something that Vrabel wants to gamble with. And I think that that's a plus because Vrabel used to play in the league. He, you know, he was beaten and battered and injured uh, in his career. Um, so he may, he may have a better feel for this than other coaches would. So I think that, you know, that's another thing. The relationship between Julio Jones and Vrabel is, is one that, uh, you know, has instilled trust. And, and those two guys can kind of discuss, you know, if you're not ready to go, I'm not going to put you out there. We don't need you in October. We'll, like you said, it's it's November, it's December, it's mainly January. You don't want to have Julio Jones run down and and you know a game time decision for these games later in the season because it's just not worth it putting him through all that. And to to factor in your late bye week, the Titans don't have a bye till week right. thirteen, so yeah. you got you got to figure out a way to get there. And while I do think a late bye week is better than an early bye week for teams in the seventeen game season, it's it's a haul. That's a, it's that's a very a, it's a very late bye. Yes, it's I believe week 14 is as late as it could could possibly be, but uh, and that's when the Colts have theirs. But you know, it's a it's a it's a marathon to get there. Don't don't blow. I don't I don't want to say that, but don't blow your load too early here. If you're Mike Vrabel and Julio Jones, play you know play this thing conservative, cautious. You can get it done against these teams, especially these next two coming up, without some of the main guys that you would need later in the season. So. I mean, they don't have to push it, but at the same time, like the Bengals game last year, they can't overlook any of these next two opponents. No, no. And I don't think because – I think because of the Bengals game last year, they're not going to overlook uh, the, the any, any of these two opponents because uh, some a comment right here, Michael says that the Titans got the Jets and the Jags before that tough five-game stretch. Got to get some guys rested and healthy. Yeah, the next five games after the next two where the Titans have to be 4-1 and one, hosting the Buffalo Bills – on Monday night, then they get the Chiefs after that, and then it doesn't get any any easier. Well, you do have the Colts after that, and then you start to go L.A., New Orleans, New England. That those that type of stretch of the schedule uh, is true. Another comment I wanted to read: Cyrus on YouTube says, "In all reality, the AFC South is bad. They can almost afford to be cautious." Yeah, that's true. Jack, the AFC South has the worst combined record in oh, yeah. the NFL, and that includes the NFC least, as you put it, because tonight the NFC least is going to get their fourth win of the season because unless they tie, which would be very <laughs> NFC least out, of yeah. them. Yeah, that would be very <laughs> NFC least of them. Unless the Cowboys or Eagles tie, they would have their fourth win. The AFC South is a combined three and nine. <laughs> three and nine this year. It's atrocious. It's so bad. And the Titans need overtime on the road and a comeback to get their second win or their first win t- technically against Seattle. So uh, reading some more comments uh, about Rashad Weaver. Yeah, Rashad Weaver looks like he's done for a while. As Paul Kaharski reported, a, a broken fibula uh, in his leg. That does not sound good. And uh, might have to reach out to the bone and joint folks to figure out what we can learn about what that looks like. 
Dom says, I guess management is a good thing, but these guys still have to be playing in some capacity to remain in game shape. How do you feel about that, Jack? Yeah, uh, live game reps are important. Um, but when it comes to Julio Jones, a guy who in six of the last seven seasons recorded over 1,300 receiving yards, um, you know, I, I think that he can, you know, he knows his body better than anybody else. And Julio Jones, whether or not he's playing in the game, will be, you know, will be in game shape. I don't think conditioning's an issue here because, you know, there's nothing in his legs that's, that's saying, you know, I can't, I can't work out this day or, or, you know, I, I, I can't you know, maybe catch some balls after practice or something, even if he's not a full participant in that practice. So, right. I mean, look, Julio Jones is a del- – this is precious cargo we're talking about. The Titans haven't had this type of precious cargo since, I guess, Mariota, but not at the same, you know, skill skill level. But, yeah, Mariota was the uh, flashy European vehicle that kept breaking down. Exactly. You yeah. know, and then it, it would you'd have to take it to a specialty place to get it fixed, and then – it would cost like ungodly amount of money to get it fixed. And guess what? He's still hurt. And Julio Jones is built for tough two rivers, two rivers for tough. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Bimo <laughs> says both Julio and AJ Brown look pissed off on the sideline. Julio putting his helmet back on made him think he wanted to be out there. The AJ situation, Jack, I think is concerning and we'll have to learn more and more about the AJ situation moving forward. Uh, in the fact that this is just yet again, A.J. Brown dealing with another injury uh, as, look, he played through knee injuries, plural, last season and had a great year, made the Pro Bowl. But here he is again with a hamstring injury and he's a muscled up wide receiver and those soft tissue injuries are not fun to uh, deal with. So, you know, how concerned are you about A.J. Brown? That's an injury where you worry about game shape. Um, because that's one where you can't really push it in practice. That's a very delicate issue. And, you know, if you re-aggravate that, it, it's only going to make matters worse. You're going to be without your wide receiver one, at least he has been since he arrived here um, with Julio Jones. That's kind of, you know, 1A, 1B. But still, it's a huge loss. I mean, that's your biggest playmaker on offense, not named Derrick Henry right now. His run after catchability, and yes, he had drop issues early in the season. Who cares? It's A.J. Brown. We all know the talent he has. Um you got to worry about this hamstring. You can't, this is not something you can force. He's probably going to miss some time. Yeah. I mean, if he was unable to go and, you know, had his, has had taken his jersey off in the second half of yesterday, that's not a great sign for his availability next week, or this week against the, the Jets. So it, you got to really be careful with that. And game shape is something that I, you know, they're an NFL team with a good training staff, a good medical staff. And those coaches know, know, you know, kind of how and when to push these guys. Uh, you, you can't mess with a good thing. This roster is too stacked for you to be too aggressive with injuries like the Colts were with Wentz that will really hamstring you, no pun intended, uh, late, later on in the season. Uh, Chris Stress asked, did AJ have a lot of injuries at Ole Miss? And Zach's out, but we got another Ole Miss grad in, in Jack. So w- what was the deal with AJ at Ole Miss? I know he put up ungodly numbers at AJ, Ole Miss. But- injuries were never really a concern with AJ. They were with DK Metcalf. Right. Uh, he, he was always banged up. And he, you know, go look at his numbers. They're not as nearly as impressive as you'd think. Uh, A.J. Brown was mostly available throughout his tenure at Ole Miss. Jonathan Hernandez says maybe the Titans will get Reynolds back. I mean, I don't know what to what to think about with Josh Reynolds. I, I just think he's been shut- Yeah, he just be Well, he's never been healthy. Like, mm-hmm. ever since he's been in Nashville, he hasn't been healthy. So, like, I f- almost feel like they just need to put him on injured reserve to get him healthy and stop messing around with this 
day-to-day, week-to-week stuff. I talked about this yesterday at the mainstay during our game day shows that, you know, Josh Reynolds talked about after that Nissan Stadium practice that uh, he had an Achilles thing he was dealing with and he would go test it out each day in, in training camp practice and maybe feel out how it was going and then would decide and would determine how much he would do. But like, just sit him down and let it freaking heal. I, I don't understand it. Frank brings up Anthony Ferkser. Anthony Ferkser hasn't been available uh, nope. since week one but either. So Michael the, the, Pruitt has been an absolute spark when they need him to be. Yeah, they He's have. He's done a great and, job coming in. And that leads us, Jack, to our next discussion, uh, and that's about these Titans who have stepped up. Michael Pruitt, one of them. Chester Rogers, absolutely. And some of these other wide receivers because everybody feels like they're kind of dropping. Rashad Weaver is now out too. Which of these three Titans role players – should have the biggest role moving forward. So which of these three Titans role players should have the biggest role moving forward? But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever an injury happens to you in your life or someone you know, someone you love, make sure you know who to go to, who to trust, boneandjointtn.org. They've got over a dozen doctors there at the facility in Franklin, Tennessee, they streamline the process. They don't send you all over the town just to get different imaging, rehab, all that type of stuff, the surgery. It's all in one place right there in Franklin, boneandjointtn.org. And those dozens of doctors there at Bone and Joint, uh, they have specialties in really anything that can go wrong. Knee, ankle, foot, hip, spine, neck, shoulder, elbow. They got it covered, boneandjointtn.org. I've said it once and I'll say it again. BetMGM is the king of sports books. We've talked about our promotion. We have the, the BetMGM promotion that is available tonight. As long as you download the BetMGM app, guys, I promise you it will be worth it. It is a clean app with a nice interface. And, you know, even A to Z, we do weekly parlays on BetMGM. So you want to follow those uh, with us and win money with us. Use code A to Z 200 tonight. Do this after the show, whenever you have some time at work. Maybe it's at lunch, maybe it's after work. Use code A to Z 200 with your first deposit. You'll place a $10 wager on tonight's game. Just $10. You'll win $200 automatically in free bets when either team scores a touchdown. That's $200 of free bets to mess around with. You can get as crazy and wild as you want uh, with with player props, with game props, with same game parlays, all that good stuff. You can find it on the BetMGM app. Download that and use code A to Z 200 to receive that $10 for $200 payoff if there's one touchdown score tonight. Yep, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be president of Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. So the question we're talking about now is which of these three uh, Titans role players should have the biggest role moving forward? Now, we've got two wide receivers and Ola Danny, the edge rusher. Nick Westbrook-Akine, Chester Rogers, or Ola. Uh so here, let's just read through some comments real quick to see what the uh, what the people are saying. I'm seeing a lot of Olas. I'm definitely seeing some Chester Rogers. Sylvester says uh, Ola. Uh, Rob says AJ will be out the next two games. Julio will be limited. So Rob's going with one of those wide receivers. Donald, Amy are going Ola. Uh, Michael saying Ola. Lil Kilo saying Ola. Ed Rogers going with his cousin Chester. Mike says Ola. Corey Smith going with Rogers. Uh, Big Meech saying Ola Adani. 
uh, props to Big Meech on the correct spelling and not just going with the easy Ola, but actually spelling out Adani the correct way. Uh, Ch- Steven says Cheshire Rogers, especially with AJ injured. Ramon uh, Fidalgo says Adani. Aaron says Ola. <clears throat> Let's see. Bobby says it has to be Ola. Anyone that can contribute to the pass rush is a win. Uh, TP says never should have allowed Michael Pruitt to leave when they knew they weren't bring back Johnny Smith. That was a really weird offseason for Michael Pruitt is that the Titans just kind of let him hang out there in no man's land. Yeah. And nine, the Niners signed him like super late free agency. And then they cut him. And the Titans are like, all right, come on. And then now he's been great the last two games. And he's been a starter for the Titans at tight end in all three. Yeah, he's, he's been great for the Titans. But to me, this question may not be exactly about the player that we're choosing here, but where you believe the biggest issue lies when it comes to position groups. Now, right. prior to the season, coming into the season, before the offseason additions of Bud Dupree and Julio Jones and, and before the draft, Titans fans were pretty torn. Which is the biggest need? You know, Is it pass rush still? Or is it you know in the wide receiver department? You lose Corey Davis. You got to find somebody to come in and play with WR two. Uh, obviously, Julio Jones is you know more than a WR two. But which position group do you need more? Because now they're both thin. Back to really where we started, kind of the the building blocks of this team. You lose Weaver, like you mentioned, for a long time this year. The the broken fibula is nothing to play with. Right. So you're down Weaver. But Dupree still can't go. Apparently, I mean, only in emergency scenarios, as Vrabel said. Um, didn't play a snap this week. So that leaves you with Harold Landry, who's been impressive this season. Ola Daney, who's been really impressive this season. Ola Daney had 25 tackles coming into this year. He played three years with, with Pittsburgh. He's got nine through three games and two and a half sacks. Monster contributions from Ola Daney. And then you have Derek Roberson. And then it, it's a hodgepodge of who else on the practice squad. So that that's a big issue, too. But for me, when you talk about the strength of this Titans team, you talk about their offense. You talk about their playmakers they have on the outside and Derrick Henry in the backfield with a quarterback like Tannehill who could not only get it done through the air, but we saw on Sunday huge plays with his legs. So without A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones, you know, and we're assuming that those two probably won't be available this week, you're down Josh Reynolds too. To me, who will have the biggest role moving forward? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, will be Nick Nick Westbrook Akine. Now, Chester Rogers, he plays special teams, so he's kind of doing a, a double duty there. But Nick Westbrook Akine is the only Titans wide receiver that they have right now on the active roster that's over six foot tall. And the, I mentioned earlier, these are the type of receivers that Tannehill likes. They made it a point to emphasize big, strong, physical receivers throughout their offseason uh, process. In, in signing free agents, making trades for Julio Jones, even in the draft with Racy McMath late in the draft, six foot three, not there yet offensively, I believe. I, I don't think that they have plans to really factor him into the game plan on offense, but you know, he's another big body in Tannehill likes those guys. Nick Westbrook Akine, he, he does work on special teams, but now, I mean, he's needed out there. I, who wide receiver one is without those three guys I mentioned, those, those three guys that you you assumed heading into the season were wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three. I think Nick Westbrook Akine takes over wide receiver one responsibilities. He at least he did he did this weekend. Yeah, I mean it's just so like uh, it's not a it's fun place. So to be. demoralizing to hear it's, you say that. It's not a fun place to be. But he had four catches, fifty three yards. Would have had another one, but he drew a thirty yard pass interference when they absolutely needed it to move the ball up and eventually score that drive. 
and oh. a huge touchdown. I get it. The fumble was terrible. And, and you know, this is he, while he may make some great plays, it was the roughing, roughing the punter last week. Now the fumble, I get how you might be a little frustrated, but I mean, this is, we are very, Nick Westbrook Akina is just sprouting. And without those two, without really those three wide receivers, there's no question that Nick Westbrook Akine has the biggest role moving forward. And you know what, Austin? I, I crunched the numbers. I did the math. You can't spell win without oh, NWI. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super <laughs> NWI fan. Does this mean that you're going to have to have Joe Rexrode back on the Tighten Up podcast? Man, this week? I, I want him back on the podcast. Well, because well, then you guys say last week minutes. that you're going to have to bring him back after he has his first touchdown? Towards his, his first touchdown. We need to have like a – a three-minute reconnection where we just yeah. all celebrate and boast about how we were so right. Just a right quick hit. Just a quick hit with you, yeah, yeah, with you, Huff, and Joe Rexrode, who are the <laughs> three biggest Nick Westbrook Akine uh, fans on earth. Uh, you guys are bigger fans of him than, like, his girlfriend probably. I don't know. Like, I don't like, know. I don't think so. But I, I'm sure his girlfriend's a big fan of him. But we we do do most of the heavy lifting online for Nick Westbrook Akine. Austin, I, I know it would pain you to say that, so I know you're not going NWI. But you no, have no, I'm not, I'm not. Like, but but I will say, like, that his role is is you know for at least the next two weeks. Well, all three of these guys' role is going to be increased just yeah. because we don't know the situation with AJ and Julio, and we know that Rashad Weaver broke his leg. Paul Kowarski said that his leg is broken, a bone in that leg is broken and he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time. We don't know exactly what that means. So Ola is obviously going to pay, play a lot more because Bud Dupree uh, is, you know, load management as well. Yeah. Harold Landry. Uh, once again, God bless Harold Landry because that guy cannot have any depth behind him. And he is always required to play 95% of the snaps oh. because nobody else can stay healthy. Derek Roberson uh, has a knee injury and was ruled out on the on Friday for that game. And so the answer is Ola Adani. Ola Adani is potentially starting for you at, uh, at edge rusher in New Jersey against the Jets. Like, I, I mean, all, all three of these guys could be starting for you against the Jets, depending on Julio and AJ as well. But like Chester Rogers is always, is already having a big role. Yeah, uh, he is. Like uh, he's done some really good things uh, with the Titan. Now it is weird that we're sitting here talking about NWI and Chester Rogers when both of them were responsible for two of the Titans' three turnovers uh, yesterday. But that's the situation the Titans are in. They're going to need a lot from these three guys, and I and I I actually have pretty decent confidence in Ola, Chester Rogers, and NWI. Probably the most confident I'm in. I think consistently is Chester Rogers. Like Chester Rogers is, is solid, right? Like that guy knows how to play the slot, knows how to play the outside. Can He's a four-year vet. Right. And we're not, we're not kind of mentioning what he did at punt return um, on Sunday, yesterday. He, he had a couple of nice punt returns that got the Titans a for an extra first down to start their drives. So I like what Chester Rogers does with Ola. We've only seen him be super effective in obvious pass rush situations, which is great because the Titans have been missing that in obvious pass rush situations for years now. And it's good to have that. But if Ola's going to have a bigger role, how does he play on first and 10 or a third and three, third and four conflict down? We don't know. 
uh, because he doesn't have a, a, a lot of tape or track record of being an every down defensive player. So I, I, that's where I think my most confident is Chester Rogers. But I do think overall the conversation, I think Ola is going to have the bigger role moving forward. That's fair because they're just so completely thin at that position. Uh, you they only had the, like Bud Dupree was an emergency break class in case of emergency. They almost had to. It was all. It was. An, it was very close to an emergency situation. If that, if there were maybe fifteen more minutes in that game, like if Carson Wentz could actually move and those guys actually had to chase him for, like if it was Kyler Murray, Bud Dupree would have had to play. Yeah, Be- because Kyler right. Murray and Russell Wilson extend the play so much that Harold and Ola would get tired from chasing his ass around back there. But because Carson Wentz was an immobile person. And I don't know who put out the tweet on our Twitter yesterday about uh, name something more mobile than Carson Wentz, but it was hilarious and good <laughs> content. The replies were hilarious too. But Carson Wentz was not running around. Therefore, Harold and Ola were no longer tired or thirsty, to quote, remember the Titans. Yeah, he made it easy on, on the Titans front four, no question. I'm 10 days out of a meniscus surgery. I feel like I'm more mobile than Carson Wentz. Uh, but that's not going to be the case moving forward. Zach Wilson, I mean – for as bad as that Jets O line is, he can still scamper a little bit. Uh, you got to, and this is another thing you mentioned it. They run a Harold Landry into the ground. I mean, this poor man, he can't find his way off the field no matter what. They use him in every single situation, and, and we're still early in the season. Talk about a guy who maybe could need some load managing later in the year. Harold Landry's going to have to do a lot of heavy lifting for this defensive line and this front four and uh, this edge rusher position. But right now, the Titans are in a position on defensive line. Uh, edge rusher position mainly and wide receiver where you're screaming, hold the wall, just hold the wall, wait for reinforcements to get in uh, and, and to really recover and rehab their injuries. And then, you know, from then on, it's smooth sailing, but you have two weeks and this is a huge opportunity for all these guys to really prove yourself, maybe earn a bigger paycheck for, for years later, um, show your value to, 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 to Vrabel and the coaching staff, a uh, ton of opportunity. But at the same time, if you're a Titans fan, these are not, the group of guys you want to rely on past Jacksonville week, yeah. past week five, you got to you got to get some people back. Yeah, uh, so I was la- I was laughing because uh, of uh, a comment I read. Where did it go? It disappeared on me. Uh, Brandon Carson Wentz is less mobile than an off balance washing machine. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> That's good I don't know, like Brandon, if you just made that off, made that up on the top of your head, or if that was something you've heard from somebody else, but that's very good because nobody likes an off balance washing machine. That's awful. But yeah, Brandon, I think deserves the love of the show for that comment. That's good stuff. Good, good work, is. Brandon. It is really good. Uh, so several of you guys asking about uh, Darrington Evans. Yeah, Darrington Evans is eligible to return uh, to return from IR. It doesn't mean that he will. Like Marcus Johnson, Darrington Evans are both available to return from IR, but we don't know what their situation is. Uh, there's also uh, – Imani Hooker has one more week at minimum on injury reserve as well. So Dane Crookshank, I thought a couple times, played really nice as really the first time we've seen him play full-time starting safety, I think he did some good things. He did get, uh, you know, whiff on uh, Naheem Hines in the open field to allow, to allow for a a big catch and run there too. But the Titans are requiring a lot of reserve guys to play early on. And so hopefully your key players 
Julio, AJ, Bud Dupree, Amani Hooker, Jayon Brown, Ferkser, these guys who are dealing with stuff. And then you get Darrington Evans, Marcus Johnson back uh, at some point for now you're just building depth, right? If you can build depth and win early, then that's only going to help you because injuries are going to continue to happen. And so building depth early in the season is going to help the Titans out uh, come playoff time, uh, you would think. I think Jeremy McNichols, Jeremy McNichols again. Great like, point. And it, it kind of feels like one step forward, two steps back, even in a win. But you know, I, I can't stress this enough. You had to beat the Colts at home to, to not only have the tiebreaker early in the season, but to also have another divisional win under your belt. Because it, it, if the Colts somehow battle back, you want to have all the tiebreakers possible. And you really want to set yourself up for a bye in the playoffs. I know only one team gets one but the Ravens are thin already. They're th- they're more thin than the Titans are at multiple positions. The Chiefs are one and two. They have a losing record. I don't know the last time they lost back-to-back games, but that's happened. Um, and, and so you get a good performance from Taylor Lewan. and I don't want to spend too much time on this. You get an incredible performance out of Taylor Lewan. There are boos in pregame, which I, I was a little surprised by, to be honest. I mean, he had a bad outing. There were boos pregame yesterday? Yeah, there were, there were some boos pregame yesterday, and, it, and not a ton of them, but I mean, when they announced his name, it was kind of, you know uh, – Probably 90-10, maybe 85-15. But uh, you get an excellent performance from him after a really sloppy week one performance. And, you know, while you have an offensive line who looked much improved this week uh, against such a very respectable Colts pass rush, you still lose some skill guys and some guys on the D-line. And and you're kind of back to square one. One thing goes well, something has to go wrong. That's just the way it's gone for the Titans early in the season. Yeah, and so now we get to it because I I have a theory on what happened at the end of Mike Vrabel's press conference. So it wasn't picked up on the Titans live stream, but everybody that was at that press conference tweeted about it. And mainly uh, Jack's guy, Joe Rexroad from The Athletic. So the question is, why do we think Mike Vrabel slammed the door on his way out of a post-game press conference after beating the Colts? Because they won the game, right? And Mike Vrabel mentioned it was a big game. And this wasn't a slam the door, hoorah, let's go get it type of attitude. This was a pissed off, angry slam of the door out of the press conference. So why do we think Mike Vrabel slammed the door on his way out after beating the Colts? But real quick, I'm going to tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Just head out to Lebanon right there. Quick trip, I-40 East. Beautiful drive to Lebanon to go see Payne Bone and his team at Wilson County Hyundai. They've got a great set of inventory on the lot. They also have more at wilsoncountyhyundai.com, and they can help you out find the right car for you. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com, their service team, and also their sales team do a fantastic job. I'm not pressuring you into anything, letting you take it home. If you want to test drive it, they'll give you that, that long test drive, let you drive it off the lot. Go see how it truly feels. Not just like test drives where you whip it around the block for like five minutes. You're not going to learn anything about a car in five minutes. But if you take it home, feel it out, feel how you like it. Uh, then you bring it back to Wilson County Hyundai, then talk about it. That They'll let you do that. They'll let you do it with me. WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where to go. The third time is the charm, people. BetMGM, download the app today. Use promo code A to Z200. There's a Monday night game between the, the Cowboys and Eagles tonight. If you download the BetMGM app like you should, like I've told you to twice now, this is the third time, use code A to Z200, A-T-O-Z 200 with your first deposit. 
and you're going to place a $10 wager on tonight's game, you win $200 automatically in free bets when either team scores a touchdown. Either team. That's going to happen tonight. I, I can guarantee you that. I can't guarantee you much, but I can guarantee you a touchdown will be scored tonight. So download the BetMGM app. Use that code A to Z200 with your first deposit. And if you place a $10 wager on tonight's game, you'll automatically win $200 in free bets. That's at least a week to play with. I don't know how much you gamble, but that'll last you at least a week, maybe more. It's, you know? a, it's a good start to your bankroll. Yes, exactly. And that's something we got to do. Look, sign up, get this great offer. Not a, not many other sports books have offers as great as this. And let's get busy tonight and let's see a touchdown. All right, Jack. So Mike Vrabel slammed the door on the way out of his press conference. Why do we think he did that? Because he was pissed. It wasn't yeah. like an excited slam of the door, like busting out of there to go celebrate with his team. No, but I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to read some comments, but why do you think Jack, why do you think he slammed the door? What irks coaches more than anything? Uh, dumb shit to hurt the football team. Dumb shit to hurt the football team. <laughs> that, Specific of Mike Vrabel. Yes. That and turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers have been a huge problem. And this is, this is kind of flipped since last year because, you know, the turnover battle was something the Titans would always win. They had the best turnover differential in the league last year. So what has happened? The Titans are minus six this year through three games. It's, it's early, small sample size. But they're minus six, which is second worst in the NFL, only to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are minus eight. Uh, the Jets are even in front of them. They've only, they're only minus five in turnover differential. But the, the Titans had 12 giveaways all last season, and this is a problem. Only 12 all last season. It's incredible. This year, they've got seven already. That's also second worst in the NFL. Yeah. This time, they're only in front of Jacksonville. Jacksonville has nine giveaways. That's the biggest issue with this football team right now. It's not injuries. It's not the pass rush. It's not the kicking game anymore. It's the turnovers. It's simple mistakes. And I get it. You know, A couple lost fumbles are kind of fluky. But at the same time, three turnovers and four drives is something that would drive me through the wall. I would have, uh, Mike Vrabel, the Titans are lucky he didn't rip the door off the wall, Rampage Jackson style, because uh, there's a ton of reasons to really be upset with that. Two fumbles by Chester Rogers and, and Nick Westbrook. Well, the, the Chester Rogers was interceptions. You've called it a fumble, but Chester, it was an yes, inter- right. interception. It was a drop that led to an interception. And, and then the Nick Westbrook Akine, those are two. those are two plays that I, I think those guys would like back. And I think if they had back, you know, nine times out of 10, that doesn't happen. Probably yeah. probably at a higher rate than that. Vrabel, Vrabel's comment about the turnovers was, <laughs> he said Tannehill threw one into a pep rally, which I thought was mm. funny to put it. And then he said, then he, we tried to catch with our shoulder pads. That was the Chester Rogers interception. And, and then he said the second guy came in on Nick, right? So he kind of like, he almost like excused Nick Westbrook and Kine's, uh his uh, turnover. The because second guy came in. Because of how uh, uh, how much he attacked Ryan Tannehill and Chester Rogers <laughs> for doing stupid stuff, like throwing the football to a pep rally and then trying to catch with their shoulder pads, like no funny, right? But then you know, uh, so why why did he slam the door? Let's read some comments from you guys. Dadson says turnovers. Mark says kick the door down. Joey says injuries. Uh, Rob says because they played like s. Uh, Michael says turnovers. Donald says the injury list. Uh, let's see more comments. Um, Josh is three turnovers, injuries everywhere. That can make a fan upset, much less a head coach. 
Clayton says because it was an ugly win with a lot of mistakes. Um, Mike Vrabel was asked too many questions and was sick and tired of it. The Titans won. And he didn't want to put up with the media. That questions the comment. That comment from Steven and then Jonathan saying he was agitated at his team for turnovers and reporters' questions only make it worse. What are the what are you guys faulting the reporters for asking That's- questions about what happened in the game? Like, hmm. come on. Like some of you fans who always go after reporters for their questions, like, I don't understand why, like, what you guys want us, the media, to do. Man, I, I, I don't read, get it. Like, I read we, some of you guys' comments online, and I, you guys go after some of those reporters a little too hard. It, it's not their fault. They have to ask these questions. They have to ask why Julio Jones wasn't out there. They have to ask, you, you, you know, what went into, you know, factoring Nick, what do you think of the turnover? All these questions you have to ask. And Vrabel's going to get mad no matter what question you ask anyways because he didn't like the way his team played. It was sloppy. It was clunky at times. And the turnovers, like I mentioned, that's that's the biggest issue. And that's why he slammed the, do- the door. I mean, he, he couldn't be mad at the kicker. He couldn't be mad. I mean, Tannehill, you know, for, for the bad plays he made, you feel like he kind of made up for them with, with, with his, you know, escapability and mobility on the ground where he took off and made some good plays. Had some great throws mixed in as well. Um to me, it's the turnovers, and that's it. You, that game was not complete on any, either side of the ball by any means. But to overcome the adversity and the missing missing pieces that you had yesterday to win that game despite turning the ball over three times, that's a that's a good sign for the Titans moving forward. But they have, they have to, have to, have to limit these damn turnovers. Yeah. Uh, duh, official tie says reporters ask dumb questions. It be obvious. I mean, <laughs> reporters don't ask dumb questions the majority of the time. Yes, there are, are, yes, there are reporters who ask dumb questions. I listened to Mike Vrabel's post game press conference and there were zero dumb questions that were asked to Mike Vrabel. All the questions were either asking for information about what happened in the game or or for Mike Vrabel to be able to put something on record about a decision in the game. Like when somebody asked Mike Vrabel, why did you want to go for two at the end of, or after that touchdown to make it a nine point game? It's an obvious to us of why he wanted to go for two, but it's an, it's an ability and an opportunity for Mike Vrabel to put it on record to say, this is the reason why because that reporter is probably going to go right about how smart of a decision it was to go for two in that situation to give it to you guys. So like reporters aren't asking stupid questions. They're, they're asking for information or to have Rabel put something on the record. It's not that hard. They've got a job to do as well. And I thought yes. that, I, I thought that that was that two point conversion was overlooked in yesterday's uh, just kind of weird win. Um, you I, you watch college football all Saturday and it, it kills me. These coaches in college football don't understand it. It's it's whether or not they don't they don't have a two point conversion sheet or you know a strategy like that. But every time you score a touchdown to go up seven, you go for two. Every time the two point conversion these days is getting converted at an over fifty yeah, percent rate. Again, like and he was asked like how hard like what was he was asked like what, what was the process on it? When did you do that? And like it, that's just to get it on the record so the person can go write about it with a quote from Mike Vrabel on the decision. It's not that hard, guys. It's not that hard. It is esports uh, here live on this Monday. I mean, it, Bobby says that two point conversion was a top ten Vrabel decision. It was an easy decision. Mm-hmm. There like wasn't really a decision about it. It was it was obvious, but it was the right move. So it was a good move uh, to be specific. Jack, I think I think Mike Vrabel slammed the door. 
because he learned something about injuries. Uh, that that is what I I think. And I, it's a flat out assumption, speculation, guess. But I don't think turnovers did it for him. I, I think it was more about an effect that that game will have long term. We know Paul Garcia reported it. Rashad Weaver is out for a substantial amount of time with a broken fibia, right? Or the, the tibia. I've forgotten which leg bone it was throughout the show, but one of those bones, Rashad Weaver broke and is out for a bit. AJ Brown was also down a lot. And so uh, I don't, that's my, my thought is that I think something, he learned something about an injury that put him over the edge because that is going to dick going to hurt them moving forward. He can put the turnovers from that from yesterday to bed. The game was over. They were able to win it, and he has a teaching point to go along with a win, which is good. But I think it's an injury that that caused him to slam the door. That's just my opinion and speculation, no information behind it. Just what I would think would put him over the top in that situation. Yeah, that's a good point. That's something I really didn't consider. Um, uh, you know, for the amount we've talked about load management and these guys going, you know, leaving the game yesterday with injuries, or in, in Bud Dupree's case, not even playing yesterday. Um, that, that's definitely a possibility. With AJ Brown, you hope it's just a strain, you know, like Christian McCaffrey suffered. It looked worse than it actually was. Uh, with with Julio Jones, who knows? I, I mean, apparently the knee tape was on his knee before the game, um, so it's probably not a knee. But at the same time, I don't want to speculate because I don't know either. Um, if if that is the case, if somebody is out for a, a long period of time, uh, the Titans are really going to maybe have to make a move. I. At the wide receiver position, are you good enough with one or the other, AJ or Julio, for, you know, maybe it has to be six to eight weeks? This is all speculation again. Are you confident with what you have in your room to be able to make it six to eight weeks and not miss a beat? I'll tell you what helps. You mentioned the AFC South being the worst division record-wise in football. They have built in time to get right and get healthy because these other teams right now, the Colts, your biggest threat, they're two games back with a tiebreaker going to the Titans. Right. Uh, the Jaguars and Texans. The Jaguars have lost 18 games in a row. The Texans have Davis Mills and David Coley. Not a great match. Uh, Speaking the, of the Jags, uh, they just lost one of their best players they had left. Uh, Steven said this in the chat on YouTube. I thought it was a fake name, so I kind of overlooked it until I saw more. But breaking, the Panthers are trading Dan Arnold, who I, <laughs> when I first read it, I thought that was like, Sam Darnold, like a fake Sam Darnold name, Dan Arnold. But the Panthers are trading Dan Arnold, who is a tight end, and a third-round pick to the Jags for a former first-round pick, C.J. Henderson, and a fifth-round pick. So the Jags are selling. <laughs> the Jags looking for uh, another number one draft pick, it looks like. Um, but, you know, and in the comments, I'm reading some of these, and Julio Julio is not hurt. It, well, if he's not, you know, if he's 100% healthy, he'd have been Julio, out there. Julio might be hurt, but he's, he's not, not injured. injured. And yeah. that's a huge dis- yeah. distinction to make. Um, but, yeah, if, if it is if it is bad news on one of those guys, do you have enough to make it six to eight weeks? Because, you know, that's probably worst-case scenario is losing one of those guys for six to eight. But if it is, at the wide receiver position, I think you can do it. I think you can manage. Um you know, but you're going to need Marcus Johnson or Josh Reynolds to get healthy as well. Not uh, cluster injuries are worse than one big one, right? Because then you have to go down to the practice yeah. squad, and 
you, maybe it's Mason Kinsey you have to bring. It's all these different well, guys. They're already done that with Cam Batson. Like yeah, Cam Batson's already like having to be actually like thrust into duty. Yes, exactly. And you know, it's not just Arthur Smith running the wild bat at the five yard line. Um, but it's it's a lot of these guys that don't have real game experience in the NFL yet that you're now relying on in big spots. That that's what happens when cluster injuries are at a certain position, and we're going to see that at edge rusher now. So you got to kind of hold the wall. I mentioned hold the wall earlier. Hold the wall. Let these guys get healthy. These next two weeks are going to be critical. Escape with two wins. You're four and one. You're going to have a stranglehold on that AFC South. You'll build, you'll, you'll buy yourself some time with these next two wins for your team to get well, healthy and, and everyone and, to catch back up. And uh, EA saying, trap game. Can't take these next two games lightly. Need to get to four and one before playing Buffalo Monday night. Yes, absolutely. EA is right. And the Titans cannot afford to overlook these two games. And, I, and, and Jack, I'll say this before we kind of move on uh, for today. Derrick Henry, I, I had some insomnia last night. And <laughs> so I did some like projecting, right? So Derrick Henry is currently on pace. Like exactly, he's got four, uh, 353 yards rushing through three games, which is 117 a game which times 17 equals exactly 2,000 yards. <laughs> so he is on pace for exactly 2,000 yards. But Jack, he's also on pace for over 450 carries. Yeah, Julio's load isn't the only one that needs to be managed. And so the that Titans... That could be a... Okay, yeah. You're, the Titans you're right. need a game. And plus, Derrick Henry's caught, what, 12 passes already? Like, So Derrick Henry's on pace for 500 touches... So yeah, if you're the Titans, you need to win a game where Derrick Henry doesn't touch it 20 times. Yeah, like a 12-carry game for Derrick Henry would be nice to where you can get, yes. you know, and maybe it's one of these next two. This is a perfect time to do it. Uh, put, you know, put McNichols, McNichols back there. They had, they, Sargent took a carry yesterday. Uh, you've got options. I mean, you don't want to run Henry into the ground early in the season, but man, they've used him quite a lot and more so in the past game than they have ever before. Because I understand, like, you're paying Derrick Henry a lot of money as a running back. You want to use him, right? But you want to make sure you be smart about his usage, and you want to make sure that he doesn't uh, just peter out there in the month of January because he's touched the ball 500 times in 17 games. Like, they're going to have to figure something out yeah. uh, with Derrick Henry. Jesse he says Tannehill needs to regain his confidence. Regain has has Ryan Tannehill lost confidence? No, Tannehill has not lost his confidence. I don't know what Jesse's thinking. Well, yeah, Jesse, where are you watching? Where where has Ryan Tannehill lost confidence? Did you not see that guy have three very important runs in that game? Had a, had a career high in rushing yards and also throw three touchdowns with no names. Like, yeah, you, where is where is Tannehill lost confidence? You could have made that case in Week One where he lost confidence, not in himself, but in his offensive line. Yeah, but but not in himself. He he hasn't. There, there's no reason for for him to have lost confidence right now. Uh, Tannehill's playing great, and he's going to have to continue playing great. Um, I I just can't. I I really can't overstate how important winning these next two games and getting the guys who need rest rest, whether it's during the game, whether it's them not playing at all in the game, how important that is moving forward. I. I the Titans have to come out and take control early because these two teams with really no nowhere to go on offense, a defense that can't stop a nosebleed, get Derrick Henry in there, five carries, 130, pull him, you're good for the day. 
Let's just please hope that we get one of those games soon. Yes, just the Jags or the Jets. One of them needs to be a get up by two touchdowns early, bury their offense, and sit Derrick Henry in a ball cap for the rest of the game. These collisions, and I saw I saw in the comments, you know, Derrick Henry's not getting smacked every play. Uh, these collisions with Darius Leonard that he had, I get that he got the better of them. Those are those are those are collisions that are going to wear and tear on you. Oh, oh Derrick Henry is doing the smacking, but yeah. that still takes a toll on Derrick Henry's body. If you watched the broadcast yesterday, you heard James Lofton say that Derrick Henry told them that it took him Monday and Tuesday after 35 carries and six catches in Seattle and a plain long flight back to Nashville to kind of get ready to go. He did not practice on Wednesday because of load management, which made sense to me. But Derrick Henry can't, cannot be on pace for 500 touches this season for much longer. They've got to figure out how they can win a game without having him touch the ball 30 times in a game. Yeah. Back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons is not not the right approach for Derrick Henry this season. I, no, like, as, I great understand, as, like, it, as great as it would be, that can't be the approach this year. You, you don't want to force-feed him and run him into the ground. This is a 17-game season. Derrick Henry is the most physical running back in the NFL. Uh, you got to find a way to, to take some of that weight off his shoulders. Yep. Todd Downing's going to have to do that with limited options on offense now, and that's going to be tricky, and that's where we'll really see what Todd Downing's made of here soon. Yes. Uh, now, Jesse says uh, that Derrick Henry ran over Leonard like a little kid. Yes, that looked really bad for Darius Leonard. But Darius Leonard also got put in a that sitcom bit where it's like a it was like a record scratch. Like, yep, that's me. I guess you're wondering how I got myself in this situation. And he just got plowed by Henry. But Darius Leonard was fighting off a block, got off said block. And all of a sudden, bang, there's Derrick Henry. Like, what is he going to do about it? He was off balance. So he, he tried to, like, throw a punch at the football. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there was nothing that Darius Leonard could do because he fought off a block, and then Derrick Henry was steamrolling down the down the field, and, you know, that was it, right? Game over for Darius Leonard in that situation. So, Jack, let's go ahead and get to our bad sales job segment. Bad sales job to wrap up the show every Monday. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlord's in the Nashville area, renterswarehouse.com is where to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's uh, renting out your property to get extra cash flow for you and your family, which creates long-term equity, which means long-term wealth, which means you can get that retirement plan started uh, with rent estate property. And also, if you're looking to rent out a brand new home for yourself, renterswarehouse.com has tons of great inventory all across the mid-state. Any type of home you're looking for at renterswarehouse.com. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks, King Henry of sportsbooks, if you will. Use promo code A to Z 200 tonight, guys. Download this app tonight uh, before the game starts with, between the Eagles and the Cowboys. Use code A to Z 200, A T O Z 200 with your first deposit. Place a $10 wager on tonight's game and you'll win $200 automatically in free bets when either team scores a touchdown. Either team can be anybody. They score a touchdown. You have a $10 wager on it. You turn that $10 into $200. An incredible offer that will last you weeks um, if you use that $200 correctly um, and maybe get a little lucky in between because there's some bad beats going around, but you can't be beaten on this. There is going to be a touchdown tonight. Use promo code A to Z 200 on your first deposit. Get $200 in free bets. Guys, go do this as soon as you can. This offer is too good to refuse. 
All right, time for bad sales job. And also, I appreciate uh, Skidley Bop on YouTube talking about uh, liking the show on Facebook. Make sure you give us, uh, I'm sorry, on YouTube, give us a like on YouTube. Subscribe to the page and like the video because you can't really like share it on YouTube unless you're going to text it to your buddies. Like you can share it on Facebook, you can retweet the show on Twitter all day long. But on YouTube and Twitch, like it, physically like the video. And then uh, maybe share it to some buddies or whatever it might be. But make sure you're subscribing to us on YouTube and Twitch as well as both those audiences continue to grow. Uh, Brian says, is Fan Day or something? Where is Zach? Yeah, Jack <laughs> of the Titan Up Pod, who is, yeah, a, a Titans fan. Uh, I'm from here. I, I like the Titans. What do you, what do you sue me, Brian? <laughs> no, Zach is actually flying to Dallas now. The Cowboys home opener is tonight, Monday Night Football. So Zach is helping our A to Z Sports Dallas crew get ready uh, for that first home opener experience, which is a big deal uh, for them. So A to Z Sports Dallas is getting rolling, guys. We're having a lot of a lot of W's over there uh, when it comes to A to Z Sports Dallas growing and growing. So uh, very uh, very thankful that uh, Zach can take some trips and do that. His he had to take a flight earlier today, which is why he missed this Monday. But he'll be back later on. In the week, so time for bad sales job. We Zach is load managing. That's why Vrabel was pissed because Zach's I, not in. I tell you what, uh, <laughs> Zach and I are both dealing with stuff right now. I, if you can probably tell my voice, I am playing a little bit under the weather, run down cold going on that I woke up in the middle of the night with last night. And Zach got, told me he was playing basketball last week or two weeks ago and got elbowed in the throat. And his and his oh, voice no. and th- his voice and throat have been sore. Uh, ever since. And so we talk for a living. So whenever you get a cold or you get elbowed in the throat, it affects your job. <laughs> and so uh, we're both kind of dealing with that for a little bit too. Yeah. Which is worse, a bad cold or getting elbowed in the throat playing ball. I mean, well, that is- the cold will go away. Like I, I, the cold, I'll figure it out. It just hit me like last night and the cold will go away. The elbow in the throat, that's more of like a, you need to rest it or it's not going to get better. And there's just not a lot of opportunity to rest Mm-mm. the vocal cords in the season. So, Jack, that leads us to bad sales job. So I'm going to start with you. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. And you have to tell me why during the football season, for us, sleep is highly overrated. Sleep is highly overrated. Okay. Why sleep is highly overrated. You have 30 seconds to sell us on why sleep is highly overrated because I'm currently burning on fumes on a freaking Monday with two hours of sleep last night for no reason other than this cold that I that I just woke up with. So, Jack, your 30 seconds will begin as you begin. I was hoping you would um, – would, would make Is me this sell. the start of it? Is no, 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 no. I was hoping you'd make me sell why Ole Miss is going to beat Alabama this weekend because I could go for minutes on that. Yeah, I, yeah. 30 I'm seconds. Going to, I'm 30 seconds. Sure. All right. Sleep is overrated for guys like us who are covering teams in the NFL, mainly the Titans. And, you you know, you got to be up late. You've got to be on top of all your news. News can break at any time. When you have Isaiah Wilson on the roster, anything can happen at any time. Now, that's not the case this year. but We learned last year. Staying up, you, you want to be able to get the most traction on social media. So whether whether that's finding a nugget late at night when one of the players posts something or or, or any other leads or developments that can happen overnight. You want to be on top of it. Sleep is for the week. Sleep is you sleep done. With your dead. <laughs> sleep is for the week. You can sleep with your dead. 
All right, so that's Jack's attempt at selling us of why sleep is overrated uh, in football season in our line of work. Okay. <laughs> I am ready when you are ready. Just make sure you get your 30-second clock for me. Okay. Um, okay, so do this, Austin. I want you to do this for me. Okay. I want you to sell me on why Vanderbilt would be a better football program than Tennessee in the next three to four years. This is this is this is going to be good fun for me. Whenever you're ready. So you got the clock ready to go. I'm ready to go. Turn your alarm off first, though. Going early. I'm ready whenever you are. Don't buy time. Vanderbilt will be better than Tennessee in four years. Why? Because right now the gap is not that insurmountable for the Commodores to surpass the Vols because Josh Heupel has a lot of cleanup duty. But Clark Lee understands Vanderbilt. He played at Vanderbilt, but he's also been at big-time institutions and knows how to win. He knows what Vanderbilt looks like when it's bad. He knows what it looks like when Notre Dame's good. So he knows how to keep Vanderbilt's character alive, but also how to win as a highly intelligent football Time's team. Up. Pretty good. Pretty good. I agree with everything you said, by the way. I mean, that's the pitch. <laughs> like, like you asked me to basically sell why they hired Clark Lee. Yeah. And I thought you were going to bring up allegations with Tennessee and possible. I, I didn't have time. Yeah, that's but uh, good. Good job, though. I thought you did well. Who won that, Jack or Austin? And while you guys, uh, while you guys comment, who you think won the bad sales job segment, Jack or Austin? I, I will tell you this, Vandy fans, you're going to miss out on Will Healy. I'm telling you, Will Healy would have never lost to ETSU at home. Will Healy would have never. Lost 62 to zero to Georgia at home. Will Healy was a miss. Vandy should have hired a guy who has done it before, not this, not just a better version of the guy they just fired. Clark Lee, like he might be good in the long haul, but my God, there's nothing that Vandy is doing anything good on the football field right now. Nothing. 62 nothing. Like what the hell? It was 35 zip the first minute of the second quarter. Like, I, I truly feel like, I truly feel like Will Healy is going to get the Duke job after David Cutcliffe retires and he's going to keep that thing rolling and do good things there. And Vandy fans are going to be thinking, what if? What if they hired Will Healy uh, in, this year instead of Clark Lee? Because you're spinning yep. your wheels, man. Yep. You're spinning your wheels. 77 yards of total offense is not how you draw it up before the game. Now you knew you were going to lose to Georgia. The talent gap is wide. It's too early to really judge Clark Lee totally. I mean, with a loss to ETSU and this this loss now. There's got to be something, uh, man. Like, there's, like there's, you could, like you could, there's problems with the culture, and we've known that for years. There's problems right. with the culture at Vanderbilt football with, with Vanderbilt football. Now – Maybe give him a couple of years, see what guys he can bring in. But I mean, year three, if they aren't pushing four or five wins, four or five wins in year three, uh, it's Vanderbilt. Look at this mess they have. How do you turn this around so quickly, too? It starts by like getting your players to play hard and not getting waxed by ETSU at home. Well, I, I understand that. That's why that's how I'm not pleased with the direction they're headed in. Then. I'm telling you, like I, I was, I was screaming this throughout the entire search. Will Healy's the guy. Will Healy brings juice to that program. Clark Lee, no juice. Yeah, he played at Vanderbilt. You know, um, 
in coming the Notre Dame defensive coordinator is a pretty prestigious position to hold in college football. Yeah, but you need to be a head coach. Like you got like they just hired the Stanford defensive coordinator and it didn't work. Like Derek Mason wasted Kyle Shermer, Kalijah Lipscomb, Jerry Pickney, Ralph Webb, Keyshawn Vaughn. Wasted. Wasted those guys. Yeah. Like there are multiple offensive linemen from Vanderbilt in the NFL. That never happens. Wasted by Derek Mason because he sucked as a head coach. It's a mess. Too long. It's a mess over there. Clark Lee inherited. A, uh, I I truly don't under. Uh, I don't believe that Clark Lee fully understood what he was getting into. No, no. That's they whiffed. They should have gone after Will Healy. They would be two and two right now if they had Will Healy because he wouldn't have lost to ETSU and he definitely would have lost six to zip uh, to Georgia. I mean, I, I think losing sixty-two to zero to Georgia is. It could happen no matter who's back there coaching that team. They just don't have the guys. They don't have the guys. Zach Goodman says his vote goes four and a half to Jack, 0.5 to me. That's what I'm talking about, Zach. Zach's a listener. Zach's a tupper. Zach, be listening this week. Uh, so I, I I don't know who won. I think I won. But again, it doesn't what? matter because me and you don't have a head-to-head record. Me and Zach have a head-to-head record. Me and you don't, so... I don't think it necessarily matters. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm not backing down. I think I won, but you, you know, think you won? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I've I've gotten the more votes too. But uh, you know, uh, we could have gotten distracted. I, I, we definitely I, got distracted. Look, we don't have a lot of opportunity <laughs> to talk about Vanderbilt with an actual audience because if if we did a Vanderbilt show, there would be nobody watching. Yeah, people. Like there, there, people would I just had to. Get, I had to get get that off my chest while I knew people were watching that about Will Healy not being hired by Vandy and Clark Lee struggling mightily. Ugh, gross. It's so bad. Like, apathy had already set in so deep. It's just getting even deeper. Getting Mm -hmm. even deeper. It's so bad. Like, like, will they beat UConn? UConn might be worse. They're 14-point favorites over UConn. UConn might be worse. UConn is absolute garbage. Of a football program, like absolute garbage. Vandy's not that much better. No, Vandy doesn't do one thing well. Is the thing you know they used to have a defense to rely on. They don't anymore. They don't have any skill guys. Their quarterback, uh, you know, a lot of people thought he'd be better than he is. Not going well. So there's our Vandy talk for the season, probably. Yeah, I'm glad I was here for it. Yeah, well, that, that's part of why I did it because <laughs> you were here. Because Vandy fan Jack gets to uh deal with that. All right, guys. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Uh, Don't forget Buck going live on the zone here in about 30 minutes with great reaction. Buck Rising will also be live. A to Z Sports primetime tonight around 8 o'clock during Monday Night Football. So check that out. If you're interested in A to Z Sports Dallas, I highly suggest you checking uh, checking us out on YouTube or Facebook uh, to see what they're doing over there with our broadcast for a pregame, halftime, and postgame show. Zach is in Dallas helping them get off the ground uh, with a with the first home game uh, for the Cowboys. So check it out. A to Z Sports Dallas on YouTube or Facebook. Go check it out and see what Will Steele and Jesse Holly, former Cowboys wide receiver, are doing there uh, tonight. So that'll be fun. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Hope you have a great rest of your victory Monday. Have a good one.